Hello and welcome back to Inside the USFL, a podcast giving you an inside look at the USFL from someone on the inside. Birmingham Stallion Center, Jordan McRae is with me to my right. I am Zach Bruner and uh, yet again, it's a victory Monday for us when we are recording halfway through the regular season. It's gone by pretty quickly, but you guys are, you know, 5-0, and couple game lead in the division, which... Uh, has to feel good considering the top two teams from each division make it to the postseason. But how are you doing? How are you feeling after uh, just winning yesterday afternoon? Uh, feeling really good. Uh, got some things going on offense. Uh, a lot of room for improvement still, which is a good thing. But like we say every week, even if you can improve with OW, it's always a good thing. So um, just looking forward to the task at hand this week. Yeah, I feel like. Obviously, there's things to clean up still, but it feels like one of the more complete games you guys had played. Mm-hmm. Um, at least felt like, you know, scoreboard was close early. Obviously, went to the half down once again. You guys came out firing again, mm-hmm. but it felt like you guys were in control uh, pretty much the whole time. Just looking at the stats, too, I think that kind of suggests it. Uh, time of possession, you guys had at 38 minutes compared to the Stars' 22 uh, you guys had one less drive, but 26 more plays, 120 more yards. I mean, it was pretty dominating. And we talked about last week, the running game was kind of iffy last week. That's something that you guys probably should improve on. And this week, at least from a spectator's point of view, it seemed like that was the emphasis. You guys came out and ran it right away, and you ran it and stuck to it, committed to it the entire game. Was that the plan coming in, or was it – something you just adjusted to in the game because it was working? Uh, some It's a little bit of both. We came into the game knowing that we had to do better offensively running the ball. And uh, so that was a bit of emphasis. And then once we started getting some some good yardage and some good plays, just wanted to lean on that a little bit more. And between Alex and Jamar both playing really well, um, it was it – was, we, we had a pretty good offensive game. But still, like I said, after we just finished watching the film, a lot of ways where we can be better. Uh, yeah, and I think both sides of the ball would say that as well. Like, there's mm-hmm. things that you got to continue to get better at. But this has to be a, a pretty good feeling for the defense. I mean, coming in, and rightfully so, the spotlight for the Stallions has been on Scooby, right? Uh, yep. He's been really good. And he was out for this game. So the defense had to a lot to uh, overcome and a lot to prove, I would say. Come yeah. out, they give out a touchdown, give up a touchdown right away. But then they buckled down, and they were solid the rest of the game. So is, can you say anything specifically about the defense? Uh, was there more emphasis or more energy from the defense? Or was anything different this week from the sideline uh, without Scooby Wright on the actual field? Uh, it wasn't too much difference like because Scooby is a, a great player, but also like a great person. So even when he's not in, he's still very much involved. And uh, just making sure that the guys that were going to be stepping in for him played well and uh, knew exactly what they had to be doing, and he did that. And those guys performed really well. And um, so it was, it's just really good complimentary football, really good team environment. The next guy is ready to step up, and the guy that's not able to go is always ready to encourage. So it's a, it's a really good environment that we built here with the Stallions. It does seem like that, it, you know, from linebacker, like we're just saying, quarterback, obviously, Jamar and Alex has been, you know, even just last game, I mean, basically balancing each other out when one mm-hmm. comes in, the other comes in. Uh, it, it's been 
really good to see. And I feel like you guys have a good complimentary skill set with everybody, which has proven to be the case with wins. Um, talking about running the ball, though, obviously, to your point, did well, stuck to it. I think yesterday it seemed like it was hot out for you guys. Was it hot out? Yeah, it was hot. It was, it was, it was a hot one yesterday. So, like, when you are pounding the ball from start to finish, like, can you talk about what that does for an offense when you are running the ball like that for four quarters? It's hot out. Uh, Does it build momentum? Does it just wear down the defense? Or what's your overall thoughts with that? I like to think it does a little bit of both. Um, You know, handing the ball off is much safer than uh, throwing the ball around all game. Um, And when you can rely on the offensive line and and they're the ones that are – jump starting the offense i think it's an easier way for to emphasize the pass later in the game and uh get those linebackers up on the feet up so the middle of the field is open and just have those have the safeties ready to play the run and not so much about the pass it just it's just really good complimentary football we have a, a lot of good playmakers on the outside so we know as an offensive line and as a unit if we can run the ball well then we're going to have our pick of what we really want to do uh, stars showed a lot of, I mean, fairly light boxes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes to the point, I mean, you guys have good quarterbacks and great receivers on the outside, so you can't really stack the box on you guys anyways. Uh, are you given any, not really responsibility, but are you giving, given any say when you get up to the line of scrimmage, you can call out like maybe just the mic is in the box, no one else is there. Can we just check to a dive or anything like that? Or is that pretty much all on the quarterback? That's usually all on the quarterback. Uh, uh, we can go back to to Jamar or Alex and tell them, hey, this is what I think we can do. But usually um, if a play is going to be changed, like an entire play, like we might change who we're going to based on my, where they're going to be blitzing. But um, pl- changing the actual play, that's, that's, that's all on Jamar and Alex. Gotcha. Um, as the weeks continue – I feel like we are now seeing a bunch of roster changes. I think this week there was a lot of kicker changes, especially people just uh, wanting to figure things out. For you guys, mm-hmm. you guys had a pretty big addition in the backfield. You had Bo Scarborough come in, obviously mm-hmm. an Alabama guy, massive running back. He's a big dude, pow- uh, pounding the rock, definitely going to help you guys in short yardage. Uh, Pee Wee and Bama, uh, I'm not sure if it's – Wee Herman, but you might want to watch out for the movie theaters <laughs> if it is, I guess. Uh, he just wants to know what your thoughts are on Bo Scarborough joining the, joining the team. How's he fitting in? Everything like that. Well, he's gelling really well, man. Um, picking up the offense from from a fundamental standpoint really well also. And um, the more comfortable he gets, the more playing time, more touches he's going to get. And I think he's going to complement the backs that we already have really well. And uh, he's a great teammate so far, man. All the offensive line have been chilling with him. He's coming over to the to, to our place twice now. So a uh, really good guy. We already knew he was a really talented player, but he's uh, meshing really well with the team so far. It's a really good addition. It was definitely a nice contrast towards the end of the game. Obviously, you guys were spread the entire time. End of the game, uh, two tight, short line splits. Yeah, three running backs in the backfield, fullback just pounding the rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so from your point of view, what, what do you enjoy more? What are you more comfortable with? Do you like the big line splits where you get to move around in space a little bit more? Or do you like it to just be, you know, shoulder to shoulder sort of bully ball in the trenches? Um, 
Man, I love it all to be honest. But in in that situation, I I, I like that more. Um, you know, two tight ends, fullback, pound the rock to win the game or secure the game. That's really just putting putting the ball in the offensive line's hands and the running back and saying, "You guys go get us ten yards in three plays, and just uh, take this game out." And that's um, I mean, that's the best position to be in. You already have the lead. You're trying to secure the lead and just now just come off the ball as hard as you want to and make move guys and and um, win the game that way. So I'll probably say in that situation, I, I would like that best. And obviously, if you guys continue to have success with that, it's only going to get hotter in Birmingham. And if you guys are coming yeah. at people, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking, of you just being able to come off the ball and stuff like that. There was one play you snapped the ball, pulled to the left. You got to take out the end. From a center's point of view, how hard is that snapping the ball and then being asked to pull immediately? Um, I guess since I've been doing it for so long, it's not as bad. But a lot of the times, if you're not fo- like focused on where the ball is going to be going, because naturally your hips are going to open up, you don't want the ball to travel too too far one way or too far the next way. But uh, my 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 natural position is playing guard, so I feel like as soon as I snap the ball, now I'm a guard again. So that's how sure. that's how I kind of look at it when I'm pulling, and uh, I enjoy I like being out in space and uh, being able to show my versatility and things of that nature too. So, I mean, definitely, definitely showed. Not a lot of centers can make plays like that. Like it's it's actually really impressive to see. So it was good. Um, once again, obviously, uh, Albert Mondego wants to know. He has a few questions, but okay, let's start with this one. Uh, we talked about your routine before games before. Mm-hmm. This past week now, though, you guys had to play 11 – or you're in central time, right, down in Birmingham? Yes, central time, yep, central time, yep. Okay, so you're playing 11 a.m. Uh, yesterday. This week you're going to be playing at 6.30 at night on Saturday. How mm-hmm. does your day of truly change – uh, before a game, because you said before you like to eat right away, but then kind of get hungry for the game, so you you feel light out there, you feel skinny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how does that change for eleven a.m. versus six thirty? It changes a little bit because I don't want to go out there with a completely empty stomach. So I did eat eat a little bit before the game. Um, it really just speeds everything up. Like a lot of the day when um, we play at night, a lot of the day just relaxing going over film or taking my mind off football because I know that's what I'm about to get into that night. And really, when you wake up, we woke up at uh, woke up at 6.50, had to be at the ho- uh, at the hotel for meetings at 7.30, and then it's like you're hitting the ground running. So it's just a b- little bit of a faster start. So you just the night before is a little bit more crucial, making sure you get the right amount of rest, uh, go to sleep on time, uh, hydrating, things of that nature. So it really just speeds everything up a little bit. You talk about getting your mind off of football, and Albert Mondego also wants to know any hobbies outside of football, and are you able to really do uh, some of these hobbies down there in Birmingham since you're not really at home, even though you're kind of setting up shop for a couple months? Um, really, a lot of my hobbies revolve around hanging around people. So being around the guys, we do that, uh, have office line dinner two days before every game, um, watching TV shows, just finished watching Ozark, great series. And I'm a big anime guy, so I'll, I'll tune in the anime every now and then too. But uh, during the season, a lot of the hobbies is studying film, chilling with the guys, and watching TV for real, and recovering. So that's pretty much that's pretty much all it. 
How much recovery are you doing down there? Is it pretty intense in terms of with the trainer, and is it pretty much self recovery? A, a lot of it is self recovery. We have our own recovery room down at, at the. They just opened up about two weeks ago uh, at the hotel. So uh, chambers for guys to go into, Normatec boots, their guns, all that kind of stuff. And you're pretty much a lot of that all day. So guys are just, uh, depending on what their schedule is, going in there, getting a little bit here, uh, right before a meeting, after a meeting, stuff like that. So um, I, I would say a fair amount. And then a lot of it is just stuff at home, foam rolling, stretching, and, and go to the gym, get in the sauna for a little bit, stuff like that. So uh, a pretty good amount of uh of recovery and treatment is being done. So, are there specific team doctors? I think the UAB uh, training staff is doing most of the stuff down there, if I'm not mm. mistaken. But is there anyone who's devoted just to the stallions, or are they bouncing around the entire time? So, doctors um, are for everyone, but every team has a designated trainer. So, who's going to orchestrate the the treatment times? Um, like whether it be three hours before or after practice something like that. So every team has their own trainer, but when it comes to doctors and ser more serious injuries, um, I believe that we're sharing all the same one. And I wouldn't know that for a hundred percent fact, cause I'm not gonna lie. I try to be in the training room as least as possible. So. Right. Yeah. Hopefully you don't find out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I see boss hog wants to know, are you seeing players a lot from other teams? Obviously you guys are still going to the hotel for team meetings and stuff like that. Are you bumping into other teams, uh, a lot less than before or no? Uh, really the same amount, man. It's inevitable. Like we, we share the same weight room and the same training room area. And a lot of the, a lot of us share the same meeting room, meeting room space as well. So, um, yeah, we see those guys every single day. Uh, guys we're playing against, guys we haven't played against, uh, we're going to bump into them at some point in time in the hotel. Because it is a very, very big hotel, but with 400-plus guys, it's you can't get around it. Right, right. And level add 4138 wants to know, I mean, you guys are bumping into each other a lot. Are there any rivalries starting to form? Obviously, you guys have a target on your back being number one. Uh, he mentions the Tampa Bay game. There's a little bit more jawing, a little bit more fights on the field. Uh, do do you feel that or not really? Um, there's a little bit more talking and chirping between certain teams, like us with the Tampa team for sure, New Orleans as well, um, and the team that we're going to be playing that week. So I wouldn't say rivalry, sure. but there is a lot of uh, back and forth chatter going just because it's like such close proximities. Uh, guy, everybody has has egos and just excited to play the game. So it's it's you can't get around it. So yeah, it is. It is I wouldn't say rivalries forming, but there's definitely a lot of talk before and after the game. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Um, the amazing coconut wants to know: uh, Is there any pressure being the only undefeated team right now? And if there is any pressure, how are you and your teammates handling it so far? Um, from my standpoint, I don't look at it as pressure because regardless if we were 0-5 or now that we're 5-0, I'm still going into every week preparing to win and expecting to win. So um, my, I guess, routine or practice, how, how you're going to practice, doesn't change at all. It's just um, – we are we are experiencing a little bit of success, 
and we just got to keep doing the same thing that we've been doing just to stay successful and keep getting better also. So not really that much of a pressure from my standpoint, at least. I'm not sure how other guys would think about it. Sure. And uh, last week, obviously, we talked about how you guys had that illness. So it was a little bit weird. There's people out coming back and forth. And you guys already have a pretty small roster anyways. Uh, PSN TG Big wants to know, with limited roster spots, uh, do you think there's any possibility that we start seeing two-way players? Or uh, just additionally, has there been any players asked to practice out of position like significantly just to fill in holes yet? Um, not on our team, but I know on other teams there has there have been cases where guys have been playing both ways. Uh, I know for a fact Houston has a office alignment that plays a decent amount of uh, interior D-line. And um, guys on other teams have, I've talked to have been approached about playing both ways. Uh, former teammate of mine, uh, Rennell Hall, who played, who was a – I'm not sure if he starts, but played a, a good bit of defensive back for Tampa, but he's a receiver so um, okay. by trade and um, can play in the backfield as well. So I'm not sure if we'll see any of that coming about in recent weeks or in, in the future weeks, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And uh, we talked about this before the season, but, I mean, we saw, I think it was Carey on your team, big tight end, take some big hits. Mm. Have you talked about Skip moving you out to tight end at all, just in case, <laughs> emergency tight end? You know, I, every chance I get to mention it, I do. <laughs> So I'm not sure how much he listens to it. He hears it, but I don't know if he's listening. <laughs> Hopefully one one of these days uh, we'll get the opportunity for me to get the ball besides snapping it. Fair enough. Uh, it, it might be needed. And if you guys are 9-0 going into the 10th week, just say we might as well. Might as well try might as well. some stuff. Yeah. Give, 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 the guy, give whoever we're playing in the first round something else to think yeah. about, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Show them a different look. Got to mix it up. They got to have. They have to practice it. Yeah. Um, but we talked about this earlier. Panthers is the next opponent. Michigan Panthers Saturday night on NBC, seven thirty Eastern. Uh, you guys have been playing on Saturdays. This past mm. week was a Sunday, so technically it's a short week. You have one less day. Uh, does that greatly impact your week, upcoming week at all? Is there anything that's abbreviated, or does it seem pretty much business like usual? It's pretty much business like usual. It's just that this day is going to be a little bit longer than it would be in the past because we have to get a little. Usually the day after the game is just uh, reviewing the game, finding out the mistakes, and and just putting that game to bed. But today for us will be more of putting that game to bed but also getting a start on Michigan this week, seeing as we won't have the extra day. So. Fair enough. Anything else you want to talk about before you get back to your long day? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Good. Yeah, so definitely watch the Stallions try to move to 6-0 and Saturday on NBC. Uh, should be a good one. Jack Collinsworth is calling games. I didn't know he was actually play-by-play. So, okay. uh, yeah, watch out. I guess they're probably going to try to do a double Collinsworth team in the future with his dad eventually. I'm assuming that's what they're going to do. We got to. We got to. Yeah. It'll be. Maybe they'll slide in from opposite sides or something. It'll it'll be crazy. <laughs> uh, but I'm Zach Gruner. Jordan McCraig with me. And we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Peace.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.